it's Sarah. And Rudy. And Stephanie. And this is Kids These Days Q&A. A podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. All right. So welcome to the next episode of Kids These Days. <laughs> uh, this is Haney, Stephanie. Um, we have a very special guest with us today. If you've been listening the last few weeks to a month, now, well, almost on a month now. Look at us go. Two months. Is it two? One. One to two. Well, Sarah this is just- March. So March, yeah, almost two months that we've been talking about it. So we have been diving deep into the four pillars of anti-bias and um, how it influences us and ourselves, our own our own personal biases, our own reflections, how we view the world. Um, and really this first part of it, we've looking, we've been looking at diving deep into identity and diversity. And when we started talking about these two topics, you know, in our fun little brainstorming sessions that we have with Sarah and Rudy, I just automatically thought I need Desiree. Um, Desiree is here with us. Say hello. 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 (laughs) You'll get a little bit more in a little bit. I promise you, you'll get more in a little bit. But so Desiree is here with us to share a little bit about her experiences as they relate to diversity and identity and the young children that she works with. Um, So Desiree, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your program? Thank you. I'm really honored to be here today. Um, I opened my family home child care program almost five years ago. Um, After working as special education paraprofessional for 10 years, um, and as a para, every year I always needed a summer job. So five years ago, I saw a need to open a summer program for my community. And I didn't even know how much I would enjoy working with kids. Um, And so I decided to stay open permanently. Like I was already working with kids, but this was a different environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely love seeing them discover how the world works around them. And I love being able to support the families during these really important years. And I truly believe it takes a village. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are a lot of providers that feel the same way and see the same things happening. Um, And so that's why it's so great to have your voice on with us today because you represent a lot of childcare providers throughout throughout the nation, throughout the state, locally, everywhere, right? Um, And so I I wanted to dive deep because as we talked about diversity and how we really as the adults in those children's lives should be paying attention and being intentional about that concept of diversity, especially as it connects to that child's sense of identity, which we talked about in the opening identity and then diversity, right? One of two of those four pillars. Um, You know, you, I've been working with you for a little while now, and you've, you've had some recent experiences that have really been highlighted with regards to diversity. Do you want to right. tell us a little bit about kind of what that, how that came about, a little bit of the background from that? Yeah. Um, well, let me, let me start with the fact that like, I'm from a small town 
And so, you know, I chose to stay here and raise my son and there's not a lot of exposure to racial diversity here. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the children that I've had, um, they've all been from English speaking homes and, um, not for any other reason than those are the children and families that have reached out to me for care. Um, but you're right. I have recently been given a wonderful opportunity to work with a new family um, who, who are bilingual. And it has, well, it, it has been a whirlwind to say the least. So I know I was really nervous to meet the family. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to communicate with the family. Um, And so like through one of their friends, they kind of told me that they use Google Translate. (laughs) I'd never heard of that before. So I've done a lot of researching. For those of you who don't know much about Google Translate, not only can you use it when you're talking in a conversation, but you can also translate documents. And that has been very helpful, um, you know, especially those providers out there who know all the documents that we need to start in a program. So I was very, very thankful for that. Like what, what types of documents did you translate? Did you have translated? Um, my handbook so that they had a good idea of what went on in the program. Um, the, I'm trying to think of like, you know, your, your state documents, the contract. Contract, right. Yeah. Did you maybe Um, say CACFP forms or am I making that up? No, you're, you're right. Um, I did have to do the CACFP forms. And with that particular form, anyone who uses that knows, you know, as a provider, we're not allowed to write on that document for parents. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did, I had to type it up for them so that they could, you know, see what it said and kind of write out some directions of on this line, they needed to you know, write their child's information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was hard, like, to come up with ideas of how to help them fill that paperwork out. Yeah, I would say that would be a, a pretty big barrier, right, to, to having children with bilingual children in your care would be, first off, the documentation side of things, of, of ensuring that there's clear communication between both groups. What other types of barriers or problems or or concerns did you experience in the beginning? Um, You know, one of my biggest initial challenges that I encountered was potty training. Um, in, In some societies, when we say a child is potty trained, we expect that they can verbalize or signal when they need to go they go into the bathroom, they use the bathroom with minimal assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the case in all cultures. Um, You know, for example, this little guy, he knew what he needed to do, but he wasn't sure where to go. And he wasn't sure, like, I wasn't sure 
like we were both just really unsure of the situation together. Um, and we had a lot of problems at first, a lot of messes. Um, the communication barrier definitely played a role. I had to be extra observant. Um, I put together, you know, some extra pictures for him to make sure he knew that behind the door was a bathroom. Um, I set myself a schedule to make sure I took him regularly. Um, and I took time too, even with the communication barrier, to check in with the parents and ask them what their routine was. How did they, they know when it was time for him to go? Um, and just kind of discovered that, you know, what I thought what was considered potty trained was a little, their method was a little bit different than mine. And when you put all of that together after doing observation and trial and error, um, eventually, and since then, things have been really good and successful for us. Yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like you've been very intentional, like you have taken the steps needed to address, you know, we have these barriers, we have these problems. And I think what's so cool about that, and I know that we've talked about it before, is that that while you made those attempts for that kiddo specifically because you have these bilingual barriers and the culture barriers and everything else. But we also look at, we do that for every single child in our care on an ongoing everyday basis. Yes, we do. Um, and so I just, and so I just love that in that it's, you know, it's very unique because you are being very intentional, especially because we're addressing the multicultural, as multicultural aspect of it, but also it's, it's the same thing you do all day long with every other kiddo in your care. Right. So <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I, I keep getting caught up on that of the fact that it's not, you are going the extra mile, you are doing the extra, but it's also that, that that's what's, that's what, what Sarah's just nodding at me. Like, <laughs> Help, well, me, it's just, help me get I, my thought out. I was waiting we to see. finally found the groove. You found the yeah. groove. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think. With I, intentional I, for every child being unique in their own way. Mm -hmm. um, they each need something a little bit different. And we have so many tools to pick from. We just have to find the right ones mm -hmm. for yep. each kiddo. Love I, it. I think what it, what it is about it is the relatability. So you had a unique situation and that this child and this child's family spoke a completely different language from you and had completely different ideas about what toilet training looked like. They weren't wrong. They were just different from yours. And so you observed, assessed, came up with, you know, supports, et cetera. And I don't know you, but my assumption <laughs> after getting to know you is that had you had a child in your program who was exhibiting the same behaviors uh, of, you know, not going to the bathroom in the, in the bathroom, but going just wherever that right. regard that if that child and that child's family spoke English, you would have done the exact same thing. You would have taken a step back and gone, Hmm, that's interesting. That doesn't look like a toilet. 
<laughs> parents told me they were potty trained, but it appears as though they're not. So maybe I need to fill in the blanks. So I think to me, what it about comes back to is this relatability in the situations and that it isn't scary. It's, it's that accommodation that we make for all children. Like you both just said, because I think sometimes this idea of having a child or a family in your program that has a disability that has, that speaks another language that has a completely different culture. It's the fear of the unknown. And I think what you have established, what the example you're giving us is that it's just about kids. Sometimes we got to use a translator. Sometimes we got to do this, but it's all about kids and what we know to be true about how they learn and develop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're just like, yeah, that's, that's it. Thanks. You did it. (laughs) I think that summarized it perfectly. For those that can't see, Sarah has the most, the most uh, exaggerated hair flip going on. I'm not always real good at getting my words out, but I seem to have a way to get other people's words together and out sometimes. Always good. It's called teamwork. It's making the dream work. So then Desiree, tell me, you know, I, I know we talked a lot about the barriers and the struggles and the issues. What would you say are your wins? Like where, what do you feel is, is the heartwarming? Um, you know, earlier on, I said, one of my favorite things about childcare is being supportive of the families because it takes all of us and being at a point where I have worked really hard to build a relationship with every family in my program. And then again, still the same thing with this family, even if we speak a different language and for them to come back, you know, months later and ask me to help them find resources and ask me to help translate things for them because we've, connected and they feel safe to ask for that help mm-hmm. that is such a huge win to know that they can they can ask that of me and there's no judgments and it you know and it's so I think that is a huge win because that's goes right along with what I want to provide for my families I think the other huge win that I I recently got to um, experience. So as a whole, um, group, our whole program, we learned about a holiday that they celebrate that's directly related to, to their culture. And so like the kids and I read books and we ate food that they have and we celebrated and we, we, you know, so I shared those things with the kids and in the same, you know, as I'm researching about it, Mm-hmm. And I'd ask the family, you know, tell me some of the things you do. Um, on the day of that celebration, they they gave me a special gift that typically is only given to close friends and family. And it just melted my heart to receive that gift and be it. It just made me feel so accepted. Well, and looking at the level of impact that you've made. And, you know, as you first started talking about it, all all I could think of was trust. Mm. And for a family to give over 
that level of trust to you, that's huge. That's- well, and I like how you said you felt, you felt like they felt they were free of judgment. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. to say like, I don't know what this is, or can you help me with this? Like just asking for help in and of itself is hard. Then when you, it is very hard. Really, I, you know, throw a little I person struggled in. as a single mom to ask I for help. Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to be able to create an environment where they can come to me and ask for help. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's huge. And what a cool opportunity for the other children in your care as well, for them to learn and to experience and to participate in these things that they may not ever have been exposed to or ever will be exposed to again. So and in this, and in this manner, it's not like we were just reading a book about it nonchalant. Like this right. is relatable. Like, oh, this is our cultural them. activity for the week. Yep. Right. And it, but this was very relatable. And so it showed them like. Differences again, are cool. Making, yeah. Yes. But it's not abstract for them. Right. Ooh, 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 Desiree <laughs> coming in with the abstract girl. Yes. but it is I mean it's it's real it's in their face they're experiencing it they're they're you know because you know it snowed it snowed last week and those toddlers had never seen it we may have read a book but to bring the snow in and let them really play with it girl it makes sense to them so it's you know, this is relatable. This is a peer and this is their culture. And so it's now relatable to them. Girl. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, um, we just introduced you to the new member of the podcast. who will be taking over all episodes going forward. Thank you. (laughs) I think we just worked our way out of a job. I am pretty sure. So that's the goal. Yeah. Desiree will be here every week uh, for, for the next indeterminate amount of time sharing all of her good stuff yes <laughs> on that on that as line, long as I, i'm not doing it by myself you ladies have to be a part of this is not a one person show all right all so right. desiree is the new leader we are the new underlings and we will just do what she says we're Got the fly it. girls okay <laughs> without the crop top i i mean haney can pull off a crop top i don't think i can i i i got the dance moves though we got oops we got Let's get back on track. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's a podcast. <laughs> knowing, knowing then, Desiree, knowing that there are providers out there in the world that are exactly like you, whether they are right now, they're experiencing something or they have in the past, or they may not know right now, but in the future, at some point, it's likely inevitable that they will get a kiddo that they will have these experiences with. What would you, what would you want to share with them? Or what Mm. would you want to say to them? I think that overall, as providers and parents, we just want to do what's best for the kids. Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to work as a team, Mm -hmm. no matter what the scenario is and the differences are. And we just have to remember that each unique person that comes into our program gets to bring their special things with them to share with us. Sometimes it's scary, but 
there's a lot of resources out there, whether we know they're there or not. And we just have to ask for help. I was just going to say like the best way to learn is through modeling, not the best way, but one of the best ways to learn is through modeling. And so you, I can, I can tell you there are plenty of times parents have been like, uh, I'm like, uh, that's not in my wheelhouse. If you'll give me a day or two, I absolutely will find the resources to help you with that. Mm-hmm. And I think letting them know that you don't know everything establishes that trust some more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's not even coming at it as I, I know everything. I'm the know it all, be it all, whatever, whatever. It's, it's Sarah, like you said, it's, I don't know, but let's work together to find out. Yeah. I mean, cause we're not expected to know everything. We're not, we're not expected to be geniuses in every single part of the world as she nods her head, like <laughs> she, that she is. And that's why we call it a teaching practice. practice because it's a journey. It's not that, you know, you take these training hours and you know everything. It's the fact that we're always building and growing and working on ourselves and our practice. And I just, I think that you were very, I think that the way that you did it was, was great. That's it. So I just, the connection of the fork in the road that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. Of like, you have this issue in your program and you come to a fork in the road of, am I going to kick this kid out? Um, am I going to write him off? Am I going to just hope for the best? Or even accept them at all. Right. Right. Or even accept them at all into your program. Yeah. Or yeah. am I going to expand my capacity? Am I going to support this family and these kids? Mm-hmm. Which fork am I going to take? Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's very true. And yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, so we, I, we have, we need to wrap up, but do you have any final thoughts or things that you wanted to share about your experience or anything? Before you do, I have a question. Um, oh, if you sure. would share some of the specific um, supports that you created, um, you know, like the, you did, you mentioned the, you know, putting a picture there so they knows that it's a toilet behind there that's I mean hello they're toddlers and preschoolers they have no concept of things that are not in their space yeah, um but you know like the dad picture yeah. right, right I mean everything in your program should be labeled with pictures and words but if you could talk just just real briefly about some of those specific supports that you used or created for that child the modifications. Tell me about yeah. the modifications that you've done or, or accommodations, accommodations that the things you, you made that you've done to, to help support your new guy. In addition to some of the things that we did trying to um, work with potty training. Um, I also wanted to make sure there were accommodations for him in the way him and I would communicate with each other. Um, home language is not my language and, and I don't know home language. And so um, one of the things that I put together was a key ring that I attached to my shirt and it has different pictures such as that, you know, like your picture schedule, but it's here. It's close 
to him and I as we're moving around the room. And, you know, the pictures of it's going to be nap time and it's time to clean up. Um, one of my favorite pictures was learning what he calls his parents. Um, mom and dad is different for different languages. And so we have a picture of mom and dad. And instead of trying to teach him to say mom and dad, because that's not their name, like their name is what they is called in, in their language, um, such as Baba. And, you know, Baba is dad in his language, but it's a name. You don't go and say, my name is Miss Desiree, but you call me sister. The name of that person is Baba. You don't tell them, hey, that's your dad. That you don't rename people, you know. Um, and I felt that that was really important <laughs> for him. Um, you know, the other neat thing with that is that my big school kids have caught on. And so when that person comes to pick him up, they say, hey, Baba's here. Mm -hmm. And that has oh. been really sweet and supportive. Yep. Yep. And it's a name. It's just like if a grandma shows up. Yeah. We say your grandma's here or your mima's here or yeah. your papa's here. We don't make them call papa grandpa. Right. It's papa. Yeah. So that's, that's been, you know, that's been good um, to encourage that for our, you know, communication back and forth and to help him learn multiple languages. I know that that is something that they want him to be able to do. And I'm trying to support that and pictures in everything we do with kids is a great connector. They can't read yet, but they can know you, what a can, picture is. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Just real clear and slow for everyone. Sleeping. Yes. Sorry. I'm being a smarty pants. Yes. <laughs> Pictures. Children, toddlers are visual. Toddlers, preschoolers Toddler. are visual. They need children cannot read they yet. Not read. But they know what pictures are. Yes. Yes. They're because they're so relatable. They cannot read yes. the words, but they can read the They can pictures. read the picture. Yes. That's why you put a picture of a toilet on the door to the bathroom. Genius. Yes. 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 Just trying to help make connections. And I, I think the other thing I take from that, thinking about it is, and maybe this is also what I was trying to say earlier, like it's a level of respect of knowing that children can't read but they can see pictures and you want them to be successful. Therefore you're going to print some pictures off and you're going to connect that stuff for them. You're meeting them where they are. You're respecting where they are, regardless of the language that they and their family speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Respect, trust. Yeah. It just sounds like you've been very, cognizant you've been very aware mm, mm, um, mm, you know. mindful mindful you've been mindful of hey these are the barriers because like you said in the beginning i was nervous i was scared i i didn't know what to do or how to do it but then you were mindful of okay these are my barriers 
let me do some observation. Let me do some reflection. Let me use what I know about what's developmentally appropriate for each individual child and implement strategies that I know can work to support him, which in turn supports the family. Which in turn apparently supports the other children in your program. Which also supports the The other family and the kids. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm just, I, I just... I wanted to bring you on today because I think that it is so relatable. And I think that, I mean, obviously you should be commended for the work that you're doing because even before this, you have always just shown to have such a strong program and you just, I mean, we're just going to sing all your praises here because I, I think that you're one of those that stands out. And I have known a lot of childcare providers. Um, and I think that you are one that is very much, this is your passion and you're walking the walk, you're walking the walk. And we can feel that you, you want to do what's best by your children and your families. Yeah. And it's shown by the action steps that you, that you take. Yeah. Yep. So exactly that. Yay, Desiree. Yay, Desiree. I, I agree. I do. I want to do what's best mm-hmm. for my children and families. And yeah. I try very hard to. That drives your practice. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Sarah, did you have any more that you wanted to No, I mean, well, sure. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours more and learn all the cool things that she's done, but another time we'll another time, another time. I have a feeling that we're going to hear from Desiree again. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a great idea. Desiree, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Really? Um, You are very welcome. I'm very honored to be a part of your program. Thank you. Excellent. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casido Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Casido Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the positions or policy of the agency and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to hit like, rate, and subscribe. Music track, Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod.